Good afternoon. This is Sister Lisa, your host of the Ill podcast, the Edwina Elder Library. This is a podcast that um, it is like book summaries or talks about various books, most of them by apostolic authors, but um, not all of them are. But books that can enhance and enrich our lives and edify one another, encourage. Well, there's a lot of E words. E, e, maybe Edwin and Elder could also be encourage. The Encourage in Enrichment Library as well. A double, double meaning. But anyway, I just thought of that. So today we're going to be on page 83 of... Frank Bartleman's Azusa Street, an eyewitness account to the birth of the Pentecostal revival. Now, I don't read this all word for word. I just realized I hadn't done a podcast yet today. I've been out painting the front porch and um, babysitting. I have, I have child care in, in my house, so while they're between, while they're doing naps, or um, one of them got picked up. I waited after they got picked up, and then I went and started painting on one side of the porch. And then uh, during that time, I painted the other side of the porch for my other child care students. And now I'm making sure all the furniture gets put back before my lessons show up at 3.30. And my child care starts getting picked up, the rest of them. So, I about forgot. So I'm coming in here to do a quick podcast. <clears throat> Brother Frank Bartleman said, My own heart was searched until I cried out under the added light, God, deliver me from my religious self-consciousness. Seldom have I suffered in humility, shame, and reproach as at this vision of my very best in the sight of God. My religious comeliness was indeed turned into corruption. I felt that I could not bear to hear or even to think of it again. I felt I would be glad to forget even my own name and identity. So with extreme satisfaction, I destroyed records of my past achievements for God, upon which my eyes had loved to linger. I now abhorred them as a temptation from the devil of self-exaltation. Letters of condemnation, letters of commendation for religious services rendered literary works of seeming excellence to me and sermons that to me had seemed wonderful in knowledge and construction now actually nauseated me because of the element of self-pride detected in them. I found I had come to rest on these for expected divine favor and reward. Nothing but the blood of Jesus had at least partially been outside of. I was depending also on these other things to recommend me to God. In this lay great danger. So I destroyed these treasured documents, false evidences, as I would a viper, lest they tempt me from the sufficiency of his merits alone. It meant a deep heart searching. Past services now became a complete blank to me, and with the greatest relief on my part, I began again for God as though I had never accomplished anything. I felt that I stood before him empty-handed. The fire of testing seemed to sweep away all my religious doings. God did not want me to rest in these. For the future, I was to forget all that I might ever do for God as quickly as it was accomplished, so that it might not prove a further snare to me, and go on as though I had never done a thing for God. This was my safety. Without a doubt, even the least self-satisfaction in one's religious service is a great hindrance to the blessing and favor of God. It must be shunned as we would a serpent. We continue to have wonderful meetings at 8th and Mabel. The Lord showed me he wanted his work to go deeper yet than anything we have experienced at that time. He was not satisfied fully with the Azusa work, deep as it has gone. There was still too much of the self-life, the religious self among us. 
This naturally meant war, hard and bitter against the enemy. Ours was to be a sort of clearing station where fleshly exercises, false manifestations, and the religious self in general should be dealt with. We were after real experience, permanent and established with godlike character and no relapses. I was greatly tested financially again. One day I had to walk 25 blocks to town, not having even car fare. A brother almost as poor as myself gave me a nickel to ride home. At the same time, we were having glorious meetings. Many were prostrated under the power. The devil sent two strong characters one night to sidetrack the work. A spiritualist woman put herself at the head like a grum major to lead the singing. I prayed her out of the church. The other was a fanatical preacher with a voice that almost rattled the windows. I had to rebuke him openly. He had taken over the whole meeting. Conceit fairly stuck out at yeah, conceit fairly stuck out at him. The spirit was terribly grieved. God could not work. I had suffered too much for the work to turn things over to the devil so easily. Besides, I was responsible for souls and for the rent. We had a fierce battle with such spirits. They would have ruined everything. The devil has no conscience and the flesh has no sense. The very first time I opened the church for meetings, I found one of the worst fanatics and religious crooks in town sitting on the steps waiting for me. He was a preacher and wanted to run things. I chased him from the place like Nehemiah did the son of Joida in Nehemiah 13:28. I had never dreamed there was so much of the devil and so many people. The town seemed full of them. He tempted the saints to fight and hindered the spirit. These crooks and cranks were the first at the meeting. We had a great clearing up time. There was much professional religious quackery. Judgment had begun at the house of God, 1 Peter 4 and 17. Luther was greatly troubled with willful religious fanatics in his day. From the Wartburg, where he was then concealed, he wrote to John at Wittenberg, giving a self a test stone for these fanatics. Ask these prophets whether they have felt those spiritual torments, those creations of God, that death and hell which accompany a real separation. When he returned to Wittenberg and they tried their sorcery on him, he met them with these three words, I slap your spirit on the snout. They acted like devils at that challenge, but it broke their spell. This is page 86. That's as much I'm going to be able to do today because of time. But it's true. You know, um, where the Spirit of the Lord is, though, there is freedom. There is freedom to dance. There is freedom to, to um, rejoice. So when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against them. Remember, we are on the church triumphant. It's been through the storm, and it's been through the battles. It's been through the storm. It's been through the um, it's been through the storm, and it's been through the fires. It's been through. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know I was going to say that. That old song, the church triumphant, talks about it's it's fought a lot of things. God shut the lions' mouths. He um, calmed the sea uh, when the storms. Everything that the devils had against the church, God has conquered it. He conquered death, hell, and the grave. And so there is nothing too hard for the Lord. So let's keep on studying about this Azusa Street Revival and have our own revivals. Have your own Pentecost. If you've not repented of your sins and been baptized in Jesus' name and received the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, what you waiting on? It's the best thing. Jesus is the best thing that ever happened to me. Jesus Cristo is la mejor que me pasado a mí. That's Spanish. And, and so... 
He is the best thing, and so get more of Jesus and less of ourselves. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.